Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The entire part of podcast, UBP, 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 UBP. I'm Scott Telford, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. Recording this on a Thursday, funnily enough, but we're going to put it out on the Friday. That's the magic of production schedules. Do you want to know what I'm up for? Uh, being an absolute G. Well, I mean, that is very true, actually. I uh, because by G, you mean going to Warhammer Ooh. World in Nottingham. Yeah, that's Ooh. right. I'm too, I booked a day off work <laughs> so I can go and hang out with my friends and play Warhammer. That's a beautiful thing. I'm going down to London on the weekend to see two gigs that have been cancelled. So I'm just going to go stand oh. in London for a bit. But, oh, you know, God. you've got you've to get out and about. You've got to go see yep. the world, the yep. world of London. But, yeah, so we thought um, we'd record it earlier, which means we haven't put the question out on Twitter for whatever people want us to talk about that's brand new. I think it'll be GTA things. But we'll wait and see. See how the week Fair goes. Um, check the War Culture uh, YouTube channel for a breakdown with me and Josh talking about the absolute state of the supposed definitive editions of those games. <laughs> um, but we have plenty of questions left over from previous weeks anyway, because you guys are always so brilliant and you send in so many things for us to talk about anyway. Um, so we've still got plenty of things to break down. So first question from Elfar Oliver, who says, do you think It Takes Two and such games of obscure genres deserves the Game of the Year nomination or will over-the-shoulder story-heavy games always dominate? Will these games, well, sorry, will these genres be like horror movies at the Oscars and always get overlooked also do you pronounce basil the spice different from basil the person no i don't <laughs> pronounce it different I like like i i know that some people pronounce it basil, basil like basil yeah. and that's like americans oh, sometimes do that where they make something sound more english than it actually is like <laughs> the whole the whole garage thing it's just like yeah like, they can't be but they can't be bothered to spell our words that we've given them graciously <laughs> we gave them i love the fact that there's that biffy clyro song where it's aluminum, like mate. aluminum aluminium there's an i next to the l and m and it's just like and then the uh, so the americans just decided now we're just going to take that i straight yeah. out so now it's just aluminum it's like, and, the they said, and they said that we're wrong we we, <laughs> we have the periodic table mate come on i like how i think of the name of the community Eugene, uh, Ed Byrne, um, I love when he's just like, he's like, everyone knows it's pronounced tin. And I, just, I love that's his, his go-to <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, Basil, Basil, Big Bad Baz, Baz from Giant Citizen Kabuto would be my reference point as a very mm-hmm. old man. But yeah, I think um, that's kind of the thing. It seems like one of the, the only ways to do a narrative heavyweight game is the over-shoulder production thing. It's the Naughty Dog thing. It's the Sony thing. Yeah. And they definitely okay. get favoured. We got to look at uh, not. I'm not saying this is the first instance, but it's one that always rings true uh, with me, and that mm. is uh, whenever Ken Levine talks about the original Bioshock, uh, right. because um, that was obviously meant to be a follow-up. Like it's a spiritual success, it's a system shock, hence why it's Bioshock instead. Um, and a lot of the design choices that him and it, that his team were making um, were to kind of go down a point-and-click route uh, okay. until Microsoft finally got their. Uh, 
awe in and just said, I think it wasn't, I'm not sure if it was Microsoft themselves, but somebody who was, was yeah, somebody was pretty high up in the, on the totem pole mm. just said, look, the only way you're going to sell this is if you turn it into a shooter. That's right, why right. the shooting mechanics in the first game do feel it works in terms of the in terms of what you've got here but it, like you know firing guns underwater probably not the smartest idea especially <laughs> if one of those bullets could ricochet off one of those things and destroy the entire God, now city that you said that that kind of breaks all bioshock the fact I mean, that there's the, so much <laughs> glass at all times they, they actually had to write it into the book because there's a right. companion novel that came out that said that it's like specially tempered glass because obviously that many <laughs> leagues below sea it would break anyway. So they had to make sure that it was like, don't worry, guys, like a bullet does would ricochet. God, I feel like, like there's some sort of list in that of just sort of like last minute. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't think of that. Oh, don't worry about it. It's special glass. It still doesn't change the problem that if there is a, a, a leak in at all, like yeah. even like a singular thing, then the pressure from the outside definitely <laughs> would shatter the entire. Anyway, but besides the point. No, but Yeah, but still, I, I think I don't think all hope is lost i think you look to the likes of celeste being nominated mm-hmm. a couple of years ago i think it's just like sheer quality of game it's more the storytelling as opposed to how you told mm-hmm. the story um and like something like celeste has that perfect marriage of gameplay and story i think it just depends how it's done you are very right but i think that when it comes down to trying to market that idea you might mm. have this like beautiful uh concept you might have this amazing world and this atmosphere that you've all built up but unfortunately unless you can deliver it in a way that plays that the common man will be able to pick up and just go, yeah, I understand mm. this. I, I get this is a game. I mean, a lot of concessions were made with the God of War 2018 version. Like the approach to combat was moved mm. towards stuff that was more uh, popular at the time. The um, Batman Arkham Asylum's like style, like fighting system mm-hmm. rather than the crazy over the top stuff. There's a lot of things that have been that you kind of have to smooth the edges on in order to get noticed and i will agree that it, like there are a lot of indie games that do get snubbed but unfortunately mm. it's because of the fact they don't have the monolithic um production values they don't mm. have the marketing buzz they don't get in enough people's homes to generate that sort of widespread uh, like it's demand a- for it to, to be represented like disco yeah. elysium was a rare exception when it mm. like scooped some awards because it came out of nowhere but was doing something interesting enough that it caught this sort of attention that lightning in a bottle moment mm. there are so many indie games that do what disco elysium does with different mm. mechanics and uh, ideas but they don't get recognized because of the fact that there just isn't enough of a pull to get them in front of people in the first place. Yeah, very true. I think that I'd be curious whether Disco Elysium gets counted this year because it's on console this mm-hmm. year. And like mm-hmm. a lot of different, the, the game awards themselves, I think, tend to only look at console release dates, mm-hmm. um, as do we when we do Game of the Year stuff. But um, yeah, it's weird that like, when you talk about like what qualify, what puts something in that sort of nebulous bracket as, like, oh, this is a Game of the Year contender. Like it tends to usually come with a certain type of weight, like emotional weight or gameplay weight. There's something to it that sort of goes, like oh i had a really serious time with that like mm. it's very rare that i mean i guess like breath of the wild got lots of game of the years in 2017 but even that was in itself quite a mature zelda it wasn't anything yeah. like wind waker or something like that so i think um it is interesting it takes two i've not finished that game was way longer than i thought and yeah. me and my wife played quite a lot of it and then we realized that <clears throat> we were only about halfway through um, and we're just sort of like oh god there's a whole other there's way more to this and we'll, oh, we'll get back yeah. to that later so i still need to get through that um, I think a front runner for this year is Returnal, um, just because it's such a meticulous clockwork mechanism of a game um, that I hated for the longest time this year. But I finally managed to <laughs> see credits last week, um, and I can appreciate it for what it is and everything. But that game has that sense of weight to it that I think allows yeah. it, quote unquote, to be in the game of the air conversation, maybe in a way that Resident Evil 8 doesn't. Well, it goes back to like the Oscars, isn't it? Like mm. uh, they took the piss out of it in uh, American Dad like a few seasons. Joseph Farris like- stuck his finger in. 
they they basically were just there like okay if you want to get an oscar you need to make it the saddest thing possible and mm. i feel like it's because of the fact that critics do pay attention to moving things like yes. if it's based on horrible trauma of humanity if it's based on like hu abject human suffering you are unfortunately <laughs> more likely to garner more press attention because yeah. it's it's always seen as that um hard to describe quantity of like it's almost cool to reach into the dark and depressing points well, of I our mean, lives and draw from those those very raw experiences <clears throat> yeah i mean like the old god of wars were like especially two and three well for me god of war 2 is like my favorite but those games didn't win as far as i know game of the year awards and i mean mm -hmm. they were very tough competition in those years the likes of gta and everything um but when when god of war matured itself quote unquote and became more weighty and leaden and more um you know drawn out kind of thing mm -hmm. in, in a good way um, then it, so all of a sudden it was a game of the air contender. I mean, I do think game of God of War 2018 is one of the best games of all time, but yeah. it is that interesting. Once you start applying some weight to it, uh, all of a sudden it sort of enters like an echelon of recommendability that sort of seems to elevate it. I wonder if you could apply that uh, level of grittiness <coughs> to yeah. any sort of game and then uh, catapult <laughs> it into the eyes of the critics. Like, because I'm thinking, like, imagine like you take, well, take somebody like Kirby, the most like, <laughs> like friendly and chill, like, massive. Oh, he's just, he's, he eats all the time, but he's never full. He just, just sort of sits there. But imagine, like, if it's like his internal thing, he has like a Max Payne dialogue where he's just kind of like, <laughs> I eat to fill a void, and like, sort of thing. And it goes on oh. about like body image and stuff like that. That whole, I mean, they're doing the, the next Kirby is the one that's all set in the post apocalyptic world. So why he's survived. It's, it's, it is. It's set in the last no, of us I, world. I, I know, but it's not going to be dark and gritty, is it? It's not going to just be like, oh, like, oh, there's human skeletons there, but I oh, suck God, up them he, bones, if, Kirby. If one of the things that he could swallow was like, like a guy in a checkered shirt, like a last of it, like a joke style npc <laughs> and he can get his own little checkered shirt on i would adore no. that what i want to see is uh, an extended cut you know when joel and ellie see the giraffes and you can spend all your time doing that but you just see the giraffes go <laughs> and just get sucked away <laughs> and Ellie's like what? flies past just bobs past like so yeah that's just that's what i do um <laughs> yes <laughs> but either way yeah i think um it takes two is actually um surprisingly one of the game of the air contenders that game is is ludicrously polished like genuinely so recommendable i think the fact that that team went from um brothers to a way out um two it takes two it takes two is the most accomplished thing so far mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just that it needs to be played in co-op and um, that tends to put people off because you literally do need someone else to go through the whole thing with you. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be curious to see how it goes. I think something like Returnal will get it this year. Um, yep. But It Takes Two should absolutely be in the conversation. Next question from Jacob Wright. Hope you Legends of Fridays are well. With director's cuts of Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding now out, which other game deserves a director's cut? Also, would you be up for a UBP party bus tour where we all play <laughs> games and drink? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I would. We can all try Jules's weird hot sauce thing that he keeps going oh, on about. You mean the Kubo? The, uh, the have you named uh, it now? Oh, it's it's got a, it's got a Kubo? A, a Kubo because we uh, me and my missus <laughs> were watching Kubo and the Two Strings when she came. Oh, up shout with it. Okay. So I got to give credit where credit's due. Kerry is the uh, real mastermind behind. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that thing still so, sounded like a hell of a challenge. If we had a bunch of people in a room, I would do that, followed by Da Bomb from Hot Ones. Well, you could have that, and then you could have my uh, elegant tramp cocktail, couldn't you? With the uh, <laughs> the white lightning the shot ETC. of vodka. Yeah, all of the like crazy <clears> stuff there. Because I remember we actually had somebody uh, very kindly create a UBP cocktail, which sounded really nice. Probably yeah. had that as well. On, we, on if, if we if we ever got the the UBP party bus on the road the UPB potentially the untitled 
party podcast bus. bus. I don't know. <laughs> Once that's on the road, uh, we can start drawing up a menu and stuff. But we we talked about that a few years ago about the doing like a yeah. chatty face tour thing. I'd um, love to do that, man. Maybe yeah, maybe when we're allowed to do things in person reliably again, we could set something like yeah. that up. So yes, basically, we would be up for that. Um, we have to get some sort of VW camper van for it. But um, yeah, director's cuts of games. Who do you think uh, is holding back or has been forced to hold back over the years? Um, I think... most of them tend to force their ideas through, like the, the likes of Kojima, Ken Levine. Who well, are they? you say that, but it's like to remember when Resident Evil Five was announced. It actually mm. was going to have a heat stroke mechanic, which was cut because of the fact they said it was too difficult to develop, and like ah. if it was given more time, uh, they said it was just like not going to be something that they could continue working on at that pace and hit their release date mm -hmm. and it was going to be like this thing where you'd have to take shelter uh, in the shade to while uh, or otherwise like chris would hallucinate and stuff like that or like <laughs> see double enemies and stuff like that okay. and i was like that actually would have been a really fun mechanic mm -hmm. um but in terms of like what let's see a director's cut of it's uh, funny because i feel like the, the the gaming industry is quite locked down when it comes to like behind the scenes almost versions of stuff we almost got yeah. only recently have you started getting you know interviews with like amy hennig talking about why she left ea mm -hmm. or why mm -hmm. what happened to her star wars projects she would be someone who i would love to see the games that she's worked on because she's had so many titles cancelled yeah so it's so important i'd like to see uh, mass <clears throat> effect andromeda the director's cut of oh, that God. like given the proper time given the proper energy and like hands off from every other sort mm. of like finger in the pie as it were <laughs> like i reckon that there's a good game under there it's just buried in monumental it camp. definitely yeah it definitely plays well enough i think um, mm. that whole thing about going forward like they had that mass for n7 day recently they did the the new mass effect poster thing where they show it looks yeah. like a geth and it seems that we're going like liara's in there from the initial teaser and stuff and um, what's your thoughts on that because we did that for the main podcast with me ben roy and josh but what are your quick thoughts on what the living hell bioware can do with mass effect they need to do something that is akin to their previous success stories of mm. two and one because uh like Andromeda, no matter how you cut it, like it just was, it just was a <laughs> monumental was failure. And the fact that they stopped supporting it and basically were just like, nah, 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 we're not going to do any DLC. What for DLC? Like, how do yeah, exactly. you spell just, that? Like yeah. roadmaps out the window, sort of thing. Like if they can go back to basics, as basic as you can get with a sci fi <laughs> odyssey of this nature, then that's going to be the right step forward. Mm. Don't try and gimmick it. Don't try and give us like a battle royale mode. Don't try and give us like a card game that's added into <laughs> battle it. Like, don't, like, don't try and do like an MMORPG of Mass Effect, even though I know that that sounds cool remember how long it took star wars the mm. old republic to get good like mm. just go back to doing what you do best and telling mm. hands-off stories that's See what that, i want a story I, I get casey hudson uh, assumedly they like you said remove all ea stuff and just let mm -hmm. him do a mass effect like i know dude's been back and forward on it so much he was center of the the targeting reticule when all the mass effect 3 stuff happened yeah but um yeah, for me, there's not like there's not too many directors who make a name for themselves as directors who haven't been allowed to actually do their stuff. So I guess um, I would just echo what you said. But next question from Van uh, Vin Van Meel, who says, "Hey lads, what is the best movie sequel, and why does it start with a T and end in Terminator 2? Special <laughs> mention to Spider-Man 2 and CGI Alfred Molina. Um, I I might I might go with Spider-Man 2, the best best movie sequel ever. The best movie sequel. Say? I've also my gut is telling me Two Towers, and I thought that that would be oh. your one straight away because Two Towers Ooh. is exceptional. Like I know deep in my heart of hearts that The mm. Fellowship of the Ring is the best film, and I and you're a fool <laughs> if you argue. I know that you agree with me, Scott. Because I had a Lord of the Rings like, theme wedding, mate, and you were there. So I know I, it was, I, but, it's, <laughs> but it's just it's just like it is such a well-crafted first film that mm. even though the action of the second one was better, the mm. story and heart of the first one, the drama, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I will say that like it's either that or Godfather Part Two. Um, 
Godfather Part 2 is, is a nicely academically approved shout. Back to the Future as well. I've never seen Back is, to is the it... Future 2, which what I know is... A, the... I know, I know. I That's what we're watching on the party one. bus, mate. <laughs> There's 24 hour screenings of Back to the Future 2, but not 3, apparently. Apparently 3 is too bad. That's for Western. I, 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 I actually have a really soft spot for 3. I'm Be, not gonna some lie. people do. I'm, I'm sure Michael Hamflet said that he likes um, that as well. And you mentioned Ghostbusters 2 is like something that's good as well. And that's I the, also the really enjoy says Ghostbusters 2. Ghostbusters 2, 2 is bad, but I do right. enjoy it. Some people, I'm sure Mr. Ham, Michael the Ham Hamflet, said that Ghostbusters 2 was better than Ghostbusters 1 and I don't know what what level of madness that is I will say that, just that. quickly I know I'm going off on a tangent again, but <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 actually had the one moment in all of the franchise that actually scared me genuinely oh, really? and that's the bit where um the uh, assistant uh, to um, oh, what's the name of the uh, the main villain in that? He's like inside mm-hmm. a painting, and oh, it will come back to me. Oh, later. The, I say, yeah, Lord I say, something. I want to say like or Vigo something. or Victor or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, is dressed as a Mary Poppins nanny, and okay. he steals a baby, and then flies off, and he's just got a really creepy, evil face, and laughing. And that combination <laughs> right there was terrifying. Okay, I think um, to sort of mention sequel stuff, this is, it's all the obvious stuff, like Empire Strikes Back. Although personally, mm-hmm. I'll take a New Hope over Empire, and um, but I like the tone change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, me, and the, the other four Matrix fans in the world would say Matrix Reloaded because of how much it took that franchise and just blew it the hell up. <laughs> until revolutions did the revolutions it blew itself up i forgot that the matrix 4 is coming for christmas like if you i know to... right it's, 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 it feels <laughs> it's like a what... bit of a shadow launch doesn't it yeah it's just sort of that and john wick 4 i think are still both going to be out soonish but yeah to be honest the vin van Miel, uh mentioned terminator 2 and that is still a stellar sequel although personally i'll take the tone of terminator 1 i like the the whole mm. the gritty cyberpunk synth beats of terminator one um next question from travis nichols good morning good afternoon good evening and good night do you think boss battles are more enjoyable without health bars visible also with the recent brilliant bloodborne demaster to a playstation style game what game would you like to see have the similar demaster treatment oh what would i like to see demastered um I'd like, to say, carried away. I'd, I'd like to say Fallout 76, but it's already mm. doing that for me because of how absolutely broken it is. Someone made it. It wouldn't be a PlayStation Demaster. It would be earlier than that, but someone made a 2D version of Uncharted where it was um, Ooh, like you're nice. jumping up and swinging and dropping down on people and doing little moves. And it was only a few screenshots for it, but I thought that was really cool. And I saw a 2D version of Halo as well, more like a Mega Man oh, type thing. I bet that is really that's good. cool. For me, I, I'm not that bothered about... I mean, I love old school polygonal graphics, but like if you're going to talk about Demasters, go further back for me. Take something, make it all lovely 2d pixely i'd like to see uh the warriors video game done as a 2d side scrolling oh. because i know that they kind of got that as a standalone mm. releasing it was like a bonus game in the game but yes. i would just like to see them maybe like with done properly new, oh like with the uh the new teenage mutant ninja turtles game that's coming out with yes. that amazing art style imagine mm-hmm. that art style but applied to the warriors oh, oh. man there's um i can't even think it's called the takeover there's um there's a, a youtube channel called matt mcmuscles and it's like oh him. i know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, great yeah. and like he he developed a game with like sort of three other people or something called the takeover and it's like the best side scrolly brawler type game that i've played in years and i try and play all of them mother russia bleed streets of rage whatever but mm. um it's really really good and i feel like nowhere near enough people are talking about that it's a really really solid one of those I games check that. i've not heard of that one yeah and uh, yeah the whole thing about health bars um it's weird because i feel like dark souls brought back in the idea of the health bar like like visualizing it across the whole screen mm. so you know just how close you are to victory and that always has a real psychological effect on me personally i always like watch the health bar go down or whatever and i always have that feeling of like my, i can feel my heart speeding up like when i was beating mm-hmm. returnal the other day i was this eyeball in the health bar like 
I don't know. I, I think I do focus on it entirely, but I yeah. could see the argument for uh, taking it away. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Think about um, every single tense moment in like the Monster Hunter series, though. Mm. Like you only Mm. get visual degradation as the insight into how you're doing in the battle. And I Mm. absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. I can't say that it would work for every single uh, boss battle going, mm-hmm. but I would actually like to see Dark Souls take that and move it forward. Like, like I'm actually surprised. Armor that, and, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that Elden Ring hasn't actually tried to do that. I, mm-hmm. By the way, just I know that we had a discussion about Elden Ring the other mm-hmm. day, you and I, and you were saying like, oh, you were waiting for it to like really impress you because it, just it was looks like, too okay, much so, like Souls. You know, you know, no, no, no. Do, do you know what? I actually mm-hmm. went back and watched some people play through like Vati video, I watched oh, yeah, his yeah. playthrough of it, and I was just like you know what? The amount of recycled assets in this is actually right. quite staggering. Like everyone's going on about the crab battle at the moment. And I was like, <laughs> that is literally the same crab animation from Dark Souls 3. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I can dig it because of the fact that you don't want to change up things too much. Fine. That's okay. Mm. Reso- you're reusing assets. It almost okay. shouldn't be that but, noticeable. Though. But then I was like, oh, this, this game's taken a long, long time. And mm. you're Using this amount of assets like, if you just if you just called mm. it Dark Souls Four, fine. I wouldn't have an issue. Wouldn't no, have I wouldn't have an issue at all. I, I, and then you're, it almost is Dark Souls Four. Like it's sort of like even the walking mm. animation looks really similar. Um, and yeah, it is an interesting conversation on that because I like that was my thing that hit me straight away was that it just looked like more Souls. And I get that's what people want. They want Dark Souls in an open world. But yeah, it is a weird line that they're walking with it. Don't get me wrong, I'm still incredibly hyped <laughs> to get it and I will be getting it day one. Like. Yes, very fair. I think to uh, mention one more thing about health bars, I feel like health bars in general are everywhere now. Like every NPC, mm-hmm. when you shoot them, has a little mini health bar far cry out of oh, them. Yeah, that's Phone annoying. I hate that. Like <laughs> when um, when I started playing Bioshock Infinite for the mm. first time, that was the one thing that absolutely like got my goat. I was mm-hmm. just like shooting people and I was like, 
they didn't used to have health bars. Why do I no. need to see how much health they've got left? They're either alive or dead. I don't yeah. care, like, at the in-between. I used to always talk, when, uh, when Benji Richardson was still here, me and him used to have the nerdiest of nerd conversations that ever did nerd. Massive shout-out to Benjamin Richardson, if anyone wants to get in touch with him. He's a lovely man. Um, yeah. But we used to always talk about how video games used to feel more magic back in the day. There was less... <laughs> Um, elements that were visualized there was less of the, of the mathematics that was going on behind the scenes visualized whereas now it's plus 10 damage it's different loot components yeah. it's yeah. health bars it's all these different things that make you realize you're playing a spreadsheet and i think some games do that worse than others um but the health bar stuff makes me more aware of that than ever so mm-hmm. i think it's just, it kind of goes game by game um Travis nichols also said uh, do we think that the recent trend of marvel games remaining separate and seeming to not build a connective universe is a good thing or do you think it's a missed opportunity to not try and ostensibly do a gaming version of the mcu because you've got spidey you've got god into the galaxy mm. you've got avengers they're all they mention each other in easter eggs but they're they're separate at the minute yeah i see what you mean actually i never really even thought about it mm. like that like i can go either way i feel like mcu is very tiring right now so i kind of yeah. think that distancing I, yeah. themselves from that is for the better i do actually agree with you because i am still unfortunately suffering uh burnout from uh, the end of infinity war like, i think everybody I'm just Endgame. i just i can't Endgame. sorry i can't get back in into it like i no. i wanted to watch um <laughs> is it shang chi and the legend of the ten shang chi is really good yeah like i, I wanted to watch uh, like what was it? Black Widow? I haven't watched that. I, I want all the, to watch all these the TV shows. I, I, I want to get back into it, but there's just something that's just saying, "Look, I've just, I, when it gets good, when it gets like everyone back together again, <laughs> then I'll get back on." Mm. I don't know why I just can't invest in these. I wonder if it's a weird timing thing because obviously Endgame was an ending, and then we went straight into lockdown pandemic stuff. So time mm. became a weird time mm-hmm. bend anyway. And then now all they've had to keep us going is like, well, here's some TV shows and here's movies for characters that we should have done years ago. Like yeah. the Black Widow movie should have come out like arguably 10 years ago. And uh, and then now it's like, well, there's Shang-Chi and they're not as well known as like Thor and Captain America. Mm-hmm. So it's like so the Shang-Chi movie is solid, but yeah, then the Eternals is out and no one cares. And then it's getting like review bombed uh, yeah. anyway. Not going to lie. I couldn't give two pisses no. about the, the Eternals because like I just... <laughs> I, I somewhere you and Patson is like just like wringing his hands at the sky like Jules <laughs> this is not what I taught you for the comics I'm sorry I you and I don't I just don't care I just don't. me neither man I think that that's the that's the I always kind of knew we were going to hit a point where I didn't grow up with these characters I don't have the reference points for them and I don't mm. even know who the Eternals are and I've, it's not that I need that as a, a prerequisite I barely knew who the Guardians were, of the Galaxy were before I saw those movies but the Eternals just doesn't seem interesting at all and then when the review scores yeah. are really low I'm like okay well fine so um yeah I think you, don't, minute, you don't feel like you've missed anything by that no god like, no, okay no. cool like that's actually saved me time. like I, I ended up reading and I never do this I've only done this like three times in my life I read well, a reading spoiler. oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> yes reading entire words back to back I read the spoilers <laughs> for um Eternals and because um, I was like I just want to know what the crack I can't be bothered to go sit through a two-hour thing for this yeah. thing I don't care about so I just read the spoilers and I was like oh okay cool yeah I guess so but it's not like nothing's nothing. I wasn't even like, oh, that's cool. It was just, just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I guess you did that. But um, yeah, I think those different games are doing better by being separate. I think that stuff um, is, especially in Guardians case, is doing really mm-hmm. well. Um, next question from Lee Go Brick, who says, Afternoon, lads. With Pokemon Diamond and Pearl approaching fast, what is your perfect Pokemon roster from the original 150? Is that will always be the benchmark um, for playing Pokemon on a school field in year eight. Um, who are you taking on to take to the Elite Four? Either right. tactical or sentimental choices we you and i should build this together because i feel like we're Mm, probably gonna have a lot of crossover but Mm -hmm. we should limit it to saying that you can only have one starter pokemon between us so on the count of three even though there is a slight delay between us we're gonna go three two one and then you're gonna say the uh (laughs) the one we're gonna take all right okay okay so three two 
one Charizard. Charmander. Yeah, well, Star yeah, has become Charizard. I just want the dragon. I Fine. just want the so dragon. We're, so we're taking Charmander and yep. we're evolving him obviously into yes. Charizard because he is the best. Which I know that another hardcore Pokemon fans like Adam Cleary, my wife, will be saying that that's the worst thing to do because Charmander is terrible against Brock. And yeah, the first couple of ones are a right struggle. I but tell you that much. Yeah. It's Charizard, so I don't yeah. know what you want really. I don't know where you've. I don't know what evidence you've not seen, but it's Charizard. Well, at least, he, at least he does better than Pikachu did in Pokemon Yellow against Brock. I mean, <laughs> that was a that was a struggle and a half. I'll always it? take Charizard over almost anything else. Although Blastoise is a really cool design, I've always thought that was a really Very cool design. Cool. Big cannons in a shell. But okay, um, so we've got one. Okay, yes, we have Char- we have Charmander. Well, evolved Charizard. Are we going to go for the going to go for the big one, Mewtwo? If we can take a Mewtwo, any psychic damage. If well, we're doing the original as well, it's either that or Alakazam. I was thinking that. Good, yeah, it's really going to be Mewtwo. I mean, if you get, psychic damage is really OP in the original games anyway. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking uh, like back in the day, um, it would be them. To be honest, most of my shouts would be the third evolutions of the starters. If you could gather them all up, like yeah, I you would can't. We can only have one. We can only have one. So we've got okay, three okay, slots. Okay. Three slots. Are oh, we get right? We're going to go Hitmonchan. Is it Hitmonlee? Um, Hitmonlee is the kicking one. Hitmonchan is the boxer. I was always a Hitmonlee fan. Wait, no, Hitmonlee, Kickmonchan. Kickmonchan, no, Hitmonlee. No, 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 Hitmonchan and Hitmonlee. Oh, they're both the same. Okay, right. You're a bit reading, mate. It's the same, no, it's just, the same just, thing. What, are, we go, are we going uh, punchy? Are we going kicky? Uh, I always I always prefer kicks. If I was going to do a poll, punches versus kicks, oh, I'll take mate. kicks. See, I loved Steve Fox from Tekken, so I was always about Steve the punching. Like, mate, I don't know. I just like boxes. Boxes Steve and video Fox. games. But that's what I meant to say. That's what I had to say. <laughs> he, he boxes you. He boxes, he he boxes you. And then I'm like Balrog. I absolutely love just like boxes in video yes. games. Oh no, um, totally. I mean, I saw. Um, that's the thing. I always. I, I don't know. I just prefer roundhouse kicks, big kicks, big enough. Spartan kicks and stuff. But you okay, can totally you, have no, 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 no. You can, you can have, you can have the. Uh, the okay. We'll, um, we'll, we will rename him Steve Box. Okay, well, Steve Box. That's his name. Uh, <laughs> what else should we go for? Should we go for some gimmick ones, or should we go for some actually serious choices? I tell you what. Because as we go for a legendary. You could oh you could go down one of the birds route Zapdos do Moltres I always preferred Zapdos because I like a bit of the, the old electric um, attack let's, stuff let's go let's go Zapdos then I tell you what as someone who's played Pokemon Stadium this year uh, Diglett is incredibly overpowered oh. and so is Dugtrio because you can just Dugtrio. duck under everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then smash it so I might arguably take a nice powered up Dugtrio okay um, which uh, I, I don't know if that's crazy or not so four out of the five we probably need a flying Pokemon actually no we got we got uh, Zapdos he can fly us around flying to shout if any of the Elite Four have ground which I I don't remember uh, what, what about dragon years ago should we go dragon well like aerodactyl or i was thinking dragonite or dra- uh oh you can do dragon air is that dragon the air. That's really big? Dragonite? what's the yeah what's the oh man it's been so long since i played I the original one you what's mean the, the big the big orange one yeah the big chonker i the think one it's called dragonite because there's which, there's the little say, tiddly, well, yeah okay little we're, we're, just, we're just gonna yeah we're gonna call him big tiddler <laughs> it's like when we get him big so tids. big tiddler yeah um are you googling it now no i'm not i just i was seeing how long we've been talking about pokemon but no i'm good well, don't worry. So there's so there's our team then. So we've got uh, Charmander slash Charizard. Yes. We've got uh, Zapdos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've got Hitmon Lee. Yes. Uh, we've got Doug Trio. <laughs> and, we've, and our final one was we just said its name uh the dragon air dragonite it's whatever that is it's whatever uh, the big, big, big tiddler big tiddler yeah, yeah, big, big tids it's um if we had to if we had to change out one of those missing mm. no obviously oh uh, yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. then we can just capture everything could you because i never did the missing no thing when i was a kid like did oh you, you poor soul i know what it was i had a mate who tried to do it and then we never actually did it but I mean, if could you actually catch that thing or is it not just yes. break the game you could catch it but okay. using it kind of had some sort of issues like certain times it would just 
do no damage. Sometimes it'll just use random yeah. attacks. You take a lot of damage. You'd be very useless as a party <laughs> uh, member, but you would be obviously able to it's, use it. It's doing it for the pride. Yeah. yeah, you want to have it in your team and then win anyway. Yeah. And next question from Secret Agent Randy Beans, who says, how many fingers am I holding up? Well, I think it's one. What about you? I'm going to go with two. I think he's well, let, us, with... let us know next week, Secret Agent. All right, Randy Beans. Next question from Glenn O'Neill. Um, Hi, guys. Why does playing video games feel so much different now than when we were younger? Is it because we are older and it's the, or is it the games themselves? Cheers. I don't um, know. I think it is the Principal Skinner meme of like, uh, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's me. No, no, no. The children are wrong. Uh, because I do find nowadays that there are a lot of video games that are coming out where mm. I'm just looking at it, just going... Oh, I've played 10 of them. I've played 20 of these. Yeah, like like I've just done everything that you're saying is new <laughs> before and you're uh -huh. packaging it up in a way that is offensively neon and I hate it. And I just I think... don't like, it's just too loud. It's just too like, hey, wacky kids. It's like, <laughs> I, I grew up on stuff like Bucky O'Hare and Biker Mice from Mars. So I oh. know Zany, my friend. Swat but this, cats but this, the way. Oh, but this, this is, this is too much. This is too much like a boardroom just trying to be like, seriously, how do we appeal to X yes. demographic? That would be the absolute, the quintessential thing that has become so much more uh, present across the industry, across loads of entertainment. You can absolutely tell when it's a boardroom of people throwing darts at what might work and then mm -hmm. hoping for the best. There's a, you can tell when something doesn't have a soul. Um, Suicide Squad 2016 as a movie version, for example. Yeah. Or the Avengers game. Um, or Anthem or something. I think that stuff is more prevalent than ever. And I feel like that comes from, I just, I hypothesize on this all the time because I think um, back to what was it about 2000s games or 90s games that felt better, quote unquote. Not yeah. that I think they are necessarily, but I wonder if it's just the sheer amount of data points available to executives mm. now means them means they can focus test everything in a way yeah. that they couldn't before. And that meant more risks were taken back in the day. Also, when you were younger, you were you were more like wide-eyed amazed at everything anyway. Uh, you were discovering these genres for the first time. But like you said, it just it's the same. Here's another Assassin's Creed. Here's another. Yeah. There's only one way that a first-person shooter controls now and things like that. So it's there is that side of it too. We've reached a point of homogeneity and it's very hard to see the originals now, mm. uh, which, which actually cycles back to the question we were asked before about do we think that it's harder for these lesser known indie games to get a look in when everything else is dominated by one mm. or two types of game? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, the uh, I will say if anyone's ever feeling fatigued towards the AAA scene, I just liken the AAA scene to a lot of the blockbuster stuff that's in Hollywood and just go in the gaming space, go check out indies. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really great game called Unboxed or Unboxing right now that's on Game Pass, um, which is set in a bunch of time periods over the late 90s and the 2000s. It's literally just about unboxing parts of like uh, furniture and different items. It's an and unpacking. Unpacking, that's the one. It's because there's yeah. boxes in it. Yeah. But, um, so I've done Steve, the first couple of Steve boxes in it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Box presents unboxing <laughs> slash unpacking. But um, that whole thing is it nails like a 90s uh, time period and a 2000s time period. And it does make you feel things in a way that no other game would. Because no uh, game studio with a budget would have set, would have greenlit a game about unpacking boxes. Um, yeah. But that stuff works really well. Games like Monomals, just little indie games, Dodgeball Academia. There are tons of indie games that have that spark that we had in the 2000s. <laughs> was on a bigger production scale i would just say look at the indie scene um, and see what's coming to game pass and playstation now and things like that 
Um, next question from Jay, who says, with Guardians of the Galaxy having just come out and being met with a positive reception, it got them thinking. Out of any superhero slash supervillain, which one would you choose to have a game based on? Theirs would be Nightcrawler because teleportation. Oh, that would actually be really fun if mm. we could get like a good teleportation gimmick. Because here's the thing that a lot of people seem to miss when they talk about Nightcrawler mm. is that when you see him teleport, when he bamps out, he's not actually just disappearing and instantaneously appearing in another place. He oh. actually is entering a, a like a oh, sub reality like yeah right. so and, he, and he's running between those two points and going back in again and what? apparently it's like full of sulfur really dangerous like there's lots of like uh like lava traps and stuff like that so when Ooh. he's running through he might die uh trying just to get from point a to point b okay that's pretty, pretty cool nuts, i didn't even know that yeah. was a thing because i played the, 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 the bamp the smoke is the uh -huh. sulfur escaping in and out when he like uh comes in apparently Ooh, what culture yeah. comics is there yeah. representing i think um because i played you could play as nightcrawler in the x-men 3 game which i did for like oh, yeah. five minutes until it was terrible but like the I can't think of that many games that have really used a teleportation mechanic, like Titanfall 2's um, transport teleportation level is really cool. Dishonored had one that was Dishonored, all right. Dishonored has it too, yeah. It's, um, I guess it depends how it's done. Like, I guess Deathloop has it too. But um, I, I think yeah. I'd like it if they did represent his travel through that little mm. dimension. So it's like, say you've got to get from point A to point B and there's like a wall in front of you, you do it you go into another thing and maybe it's like an obstacle like or like a quick time event style thing and you just go zoop, 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 and you're like zipping <laughs> through that would actually be really really fun yeah they could do a really cool like puzzle game around that i think for me mm. if you're picking any hero or villain and it might be because it's it might be too similar to spidey um but i would take a venom game like just give me a really cool open world venom game kind of like because you could play as him in ultimate spider-man and you could go around devouring children if you wanted to yeah. but i like the idea of playing as venom if you got the sort of banter that's in the new movies um and have that sort of script writing in there kind of like the old ps1 spider-man where the script was really tight and charming and funny um i would just take a venom game like a prototype style game but you're playing as venom nice. i think that would be yeah. that'd be cool I'd like to see uh, a game where you get to play as Magneto, but from like his Ooh. early years. So like him in the concentration camps, destroying mm. Nazis, that would actually be <laughs> a, an amazingly satisfying game. If you could do that game. thing from X2 where he pulls the iron out of someone's blood. Yeah, imagine just, that. <laughs> like a oh, fatality. If you, if you make it into like a really grim and dark storyline, maybe mm. make it over the shoulder. We'll go you never the know. We'll go Put it the up for Game of the right now. Yeah. And then we just do like a really grim like origin story of him <clears> and then uh, cut to him. You get to see how he goes goes down the uh, descent, the path that he does of like mm -hmm. mutants separate from humans. That would actually be a really cool I, like, um, com conversation piece. It's yeah, still, I still relevant enough, today. I don't like a long enough timeline. I forgot to mention the Wolverine game before as well, because that's the next thing that's called oh, the healing from thing. Yeah, insomnia. And well, you're just like in terms of like an over. I'll be curious whether that is an over the shoulder style narrative delivery thing, because mm -hmm. it is coming from Insomniac. Obviously, they've had loads of success as Spider Man. Um, but like you said, you know, they did have that Raven Wolverine game that was way more like a God of War type thing. Um, and whether that just is the style for superhero stuff. So it's like, it depends how it would be done. I would take Venom. I would do a big, crazy chaos open world thing. Yeah. And yeah, that'd be cool. Like Crackdown almost style thing. Yeah, yeah. Like massive yeah. leaps. I mean, leap buildings in a single bound. Yeah, do all that cool. kind of stuff. Um, final question from Pinky slash Dan the Liberal Doorman, who says, will there ever be a remake, a remake slash a remaster of Conker's Bad Fur Day? What in the metal loving hell also do you think of that new Trivium album? Now, there already was a remaster of the uh, Conkers uh, mm. live and reloaded for the Xbox, original Xbox, actually. And yes. it was pretty good. They yeah. did tone it down a lot. They took out all the like swearing and like sexual stuff, which like admittedly <laughs> is one of the reasons. It was admittedly one of the reasons why people play that game in the first place. So it was kind of like a, it looks nicer, but it is more sanitized mm. uh, thing. But a little bit of that good on in GTA at the minute as well, but it hasn't been fully <laughs> detailed yet. 
I don't think that the, the Conquer would be, re- if it was remade, it would be based off of the one that already was remade and it would be sanitized further. So you'd end right. up with just a cutesy platformer stuff. It'd probably be like more Bubsy. Like, than yeah, like that one, the, that HoloLens version of him that they were going to do. Oh, that sort of don't like bring that weird up. little thing, Why? whatever Young it is. Conquer. Why would you bring that up? Why would you bring that up? I don't, I don't. I mean, the marketing, like I said, there's a whole bunch of them sitting there throwing the dot. Who had the dot that they threw that landed on Young Conquer? Like, of all the characters to try and do. Landed in his eye, landed in his head. Like, the the worst thing about style. it is the fact that they called him Young Conquer and said, oh yeah, canonically, this is the younger version of him, which makes oh, no sense it? because he's using high end technology that was before. <laughs> anyway, but the problem is, is that you're now insinuating that this Conquer that we're experiencing here here, mm. is about to go on a really dark, depressing path that leads him to the alcoholic-natured <laughs> one that he is in the N64 title. I would title. totally take that game if you did it really well. I'd take a nice cutesy platformer and show how they became like a 90s GTA-style character. So what I'd you're saying is, what, what you're saying is, is that we want another over-the-shoulder, <laughs> heavy story-driven game. Let me interact with the environment, yeah. the crafting components. Um, also, yeah, what do we think of that Trivium album? It's phenomenal. I think it's the best thing they've ever made. Have you had a chance to get through that? Music Minutes to when you say this one is this another new album not they they've released? got the uh, in the court of the dragon that's the new one that's the one i've been listening to yes. yeah i actually think that there it's okay it's silly it's cheesy but i'm kind of really here for it i think that matt heafy is probably just sitting there just going like you know what people probably aren't listening to what i'm saying half the time <laughs> i'm just gonna write some story about high fantasy stuff i'm gonna just get the leg of damocles he's in been there. watching Let's game of thrones yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's um, there's some there's some really. I mean, the thing is, they had that album in 2017, "The Sin in the Sentence," which felt like them finally really becoming themselves. Like, if mm-hmm. you grew up with metal, you grew up with rock, you knew that they were going to be the next big headliner, and then they dovetailed off and did a whole bunch of Metallica aping stuff, which I always loved. But like, they weren't Trivium for a while. They felt like ages until they were a proper mm-hmm. identifiable sound again. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they got that in 2017, and then we had um, what the Dead Men say last year, and that was like what another the Dead Men say, say. say. and it. <laughs> a song called Catastrophist as well, which uh, again, I love. I'm trivial, one of my favorite bands, but um, I feel like this latest one is that perfect mesh of like big complex song structures. The the guitar solo must swore there. The effing guitar solo (laughs) in in the Court of the Dragon is the fastest thing I've ever heard. Like some of the most impressive playing I've ever heard. Um, If you're a metal fan, dive into Trivium's new album. They, They are on the form of their lives right now. And I think the new stuff is absolutely phenomenal. They've not slowed down a single jot, but yeah, credit to them. If anything, they've cranked it up uh, times 10. But yes, thanks to everybody for sending in questions across previous weeks. And we will put out another tweet next Thursday. We'll gather up some new takes and different things. And more of us will have played GTA even more by then. So we'll see what state it's in going forward. For now, this has been the Untitled Binder Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.